0: I would hear the question all the time, like, how did you command their respect? And I go, oh, command respect. You don't command respect. You earn respect. You earn it through trust and the development of a relationship.
1: And that means very human moments. Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the pro sports industry, and each week I interview women in the sports business to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the next level faster. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports and entertainment industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Marian Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here as your host to bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job. Because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries, opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjanson@gmail.com, at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. You guys, I'm so excited for this interview. We've got Dr. Jen Welter. We had such a great conversation. This is going to be a two part series. So today is part one. If you guys don't know Dr. Jen Welter, she's the NFL's first female coach and coached for the Arizona Cardinals in 2015 during their preseason, which made her the first female coaching intern in the NFL. She has so many other firsts, and we go over a lot of those today, including what it means to be the first, on all of the firsts since she was the first, what is foundational change. And she tells us some amazing stories on the first time she put on Cardinals coaching gear and her infamous manicure. Also talk about the keys to earning respect from the players, how to find common ground, how Jen got into football, and what it means to be the first female coach on Madden 20 in a video game. So you guys buckle up. This is such a great conversation. Jen shares her whole self with us. No surprise whatsoever. So without further ado, Dr. Jen Welter. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Dr. Jen Welter. We are beyond excited to have you. Jen and I have been somehow like intersecting several times over the last couple of years and I finally have you on the leadership as female podcast you're an amazing leader and I want you to intro yourself cuz I don't think there's any way I could do it justice
0: <laughs> well um emily i think just like so many people i found a place in the world that spoke to me and followed it as far as you know it will let me um i Um, have been a long time I say you know disruptor through female uh, or through football and being a woman in that space you know very well means that you are um, someone who is leading from the front which means it is not pretty polished or perfect ever Um, I played 15 years of women's tackle football had the opportunity to represent the U.S. in both 2010 and 13 on the first and second women's U.S. national team Um, So won two gold medals with them, then went on in 2014 to become the first female to play running back in men's pro football. So I played a season with the Texas Revolution. Lovingly say I got tackled by guys every day for a year um, and still am standing to talk about it from that opportunity with the Texas Revolution. Um, I actually got got asked to coach the team the following season and became the first female coach in men's pro football. Then from the revolution, I joined the staff of the Arizona Cardinals, becoming the first woman to coach in the National Football League. I also coached with the Alliance of American Football in 2019, which was an adventure and was the first head coach of the Australian women's national team in 2017. And that was the first time a female was a head coach of an international team. So that was pretty exciting. Um, I also founded Gridiron Girls, and it is the first national movement uh, bringing confidence through football and teaching girls that there is no game they cannot play and no field they do not belong in
1: or on. So many firsts in your bio. What does it mean to you to have been the first in the football arena, in these different leagues, on the field and coaching on the sideline? It, it means that it's it's exciting and tough all at
0: the same time, right? I think we, I think often people glorify first and I I have a different perspective of them. I'm like, it means you are the disruptor in chief, right? You are the face that literally people go like dun, 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 or they celebrate. Nobody is neutral, right? You are either you are a champion to some and a villain to others, just simply by doing the same thing that maybe the guys have done, just doing it while female. And so it's a, it's a, it's both a blessing and a curse at times. And it is an absolute opportunity and responsibility. People say you hear, you know, first and not last. And I look, you know, I I said that, I've said it before it was trendy. And I say, but do you really know what that means? Because that's when I say the opportunity and responsibility of being first is to ensure you're not the last. Because when you're first at that time, the entire narrative rests squarely on your shoulders. And I never wanted to be the person that was like, Oh, we had a woman once, dot, dot, dot. And that be the reason why the door closed tighter for other women than it was before. And so you have to realize that when there's a sample size of one, the second, third, fourth are contingent on the fact that you do a good job and it does open hearts and open minds and in and, and then open doors. However, it can also go very fast and furious the other way. And so it's always a challenge to realize you're a part of a bigger narrative. And that may mean that you're a great lead blocker, right? There are doors that I have fought to open that other people will go through and they'll go further or they'll have uh, more support or you know the timing will be that people are ready for it. And they won't have the friction that the first did because, you know, the first was the only, the first was not everybody is ready for the first is, um, controversial in existence. And so I look at those things and sometimes I think, oh gosh, I don't even know what, what to do about that or what to do next. And that's when I push myself to look at how do you ensure you're not the last and that's where, like, for me, Gridiron Girls came into place, you know, or building something because all of the programs I've built put women and men on the same field, give women coaching opportunities, give girls opportunities to see what's possible. And by leveraging events in that, in that way and creating those opportunities, that's the insurance policy that you're not the last, because hopefully other people will get opportunities and be inspired and, and create connections that that move things forward and create ripple effects that are much bigger than any one person can do.
1: When you were named the first female NFL coach and, and gained this title that has and will be with you forever as a glass ceiling breaker, that was in 2015. Now in 2022, I feel like we are in such a different place in terms of women's roles in sports. and regularly we're seeing a woman break a glass ceiling at an HBCU in baseball. Um, in, in many other sports, there women are getting their shot. What's your take on that? how do you how do you feel about the progress that have happened in the last seven years and have we gone far enough and fast enough? Well, they say patience is a
0: virtue. And clearly I've lost mine because it's never fast enough or, or far enough for me. And I think we share that, but we have come so far and, and, it, and it's exciting, right? It's exciting. I think sometimes people, you know, the rear view mirror is, is cloudy, right? Is like, wow, we've, we've got so much work to do. And yet, you can't get there if you're not having these breakthrough moments. You know, I, I look forward to a time when when being a first isn't so well, isn't isn't really a conversation, right? But we are still in the time of firsts. And I think it's important to celebrate those and build upon those. And, you know, we are seeing these things happen with more regularity, which means there's more normalcy and there are more advocates, right? There are more people who are in the rooms making decisions that can make sure that we're developing pipelines. We're having those conversations that we are widening our you know, uh, talent searches, those kinds of things. So we will continue to see it. I also think that we still need, I, I think that we still have progress to be made in particularly the ownership um, conversations, right? Where we we need women at the ownership level, making those business decisions as well. We need more minority representation in terms of ownership to make sure that it's not that change is is foundational, right? That we're we're building on on that foundation as opposed to trying to correct past action. Um, and I think that we will see that. And I think that's really where the, the next evolution of women in sports is. And I think that that will exponentially increase, you know, the progress that we see because we're no longer convincing a guy that a woman can do it. We have women that are doing it at every single level and ensuring that it's not a question right? It's no longer a question. It just is.
1: Yeah. And I agree with you on on the media and on the visibility. We have to celebrate these moments and we have to celebrate the first and the second and the third, because that's where it starts to become normal. And we'll finally reach that place where it's no longer a discussion. It's an, oh yeah. And I think we're, we're a bit far from that, but um, I'm so happy to hear and see so much of this coming to life and the conversation changing and also being a conversation that feels more welcome today than it was even seven years ago. What was it like for you when you put on uh, that Cardinals logo and, and took the field coaching the team? Gosh, you know, it's funny. I think I remember,
0: I remember different things um, than some people do about them. Um, like I'm, I'm going to have a really uh, a funny girl moment with you that I think that most of the women in here can can live through. And those those are the things that really stand out to me sometimes. Like, and so here I am and I literally had to pack up my life. I had to sell my house to be able to take the opportunity in Arizona. You know, there's not there's not big money attached to this. It was a risk and I knew I had to go all in. So I was literally packing and throwing things into boxes. Till the second that I left. Okay. My mom had come to help me and I'm like, I gotta go. I had to leave the, I was so late. I almost missed the flight. Um, I had to leave the rental car in the parking lot. Cause I didn't have time to go to the rental car place. Okay. Um, and yeah. And they found it like a month later and thankfully the guy was a fan. He was like, oh my gosh, the coach left her car here. That's so cool. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Cause I was like, how did you not find the car? And I, you know, I'm in Arizona and I have no, no concept of the outside world. So that's how bad it was. And I get to, um, get to the Cardinals, like headquarters and, um, here we are. And, um, the first moments, like I got to meet the other coaches. And one of the cool thing was like, they were all fascinated by the fact that I had a PhD, right. They're like, yeah, we know ball, but like, that's crazy. Like, you know, what do you think about this doc and that? And, you know, I was like, they're like you think we're we're dope like no that's crazy like nobody else in the building has that i was like okay right like this this is good this is a good start so then i'm talking to bruce arians and michael bidwell and they they're like okay so the press conference tomorrow and i was like what so they're having they they literally like just tell me that there's a press conference the next day and i was like Okay. Some people are used to that. Some people are trained for it. People assume I got media training. I did not. I went from the relative anonymity of women's football and, and, and a little bit of notoriety from playing, you know, men's pro football, but still nothing like this to tomorrow is an NFL press conference. And I, all of a sudden became very aware of the fact that my nails were as bad as they probably had ever been because I had so packed this whole place, right? And I'm like, "Oh my goodness," right? So like, they're talking about this press conference, and I mean, that's all you see is hands, right? And I'm like, "Oh, I can't go down like this," right? Like, first female coach, God, did you see her nails? So I get back there, and thankfully, I knew one of the other coaches, and I was like, "Hey, you don't get pedicures by any chance, do you?" And he was like, yeah, I totally do and I was like, I have to get my nails done. Do you see this? And he was like, "Oh, yeah, you do." And I was like, "I know." And I was like, "Do you think we can find a place cuz I don't know the rules. I have no, you know, nobody's like told me what we can and can't do." And he was like, "Yeah, we should be able to find a place." So we go and we find a place and we're sitting there with our feet soaking. And my nails are really thick anyway, like they always have been. And this lady thought that Like my gel polish was like fake nails or something. And she's trying to cut them off. And I'm like, she doesn't speak very good English. And I'm like, that that really hurts. They're not, they're gel. You have to, you have to soak them. Like soak, soak. And she like leaves and he's like, stop. Don't, don't, you can't react. All of the sudden the news comes up, right? The announcement comes on the screen. Like NFL's first female coach, boom it's like right in front of us my phone starts blowing up the whole thing is like crazy and i was like like it was on every alert it was everywhere my phone's going crazy this woman comes back into the room and she grabs my hand and throws it in a dish of acetone i can't freak out right now all of a the sudden there is this scorching pain on my hand i look and i lift it up it's on fire I was like Flamo from Fantastic Four as I pull my hand out of this dish of acetone that happened to be right next to a candle. So she literally caught me on fire. And I was like, you, 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 you caught me on fire. Like I was in such shock. The world's going crazy. The news is everywhere. My hand's on fire. She grabs my hand and she was like, oh, you're fine. And I'm like, And I just looked at him and I was like, I'm so glad you witnessed that. And he was like, she caught you on fire. And I was like, can you imagine the headlines? First female coach taken out by flaming manicure. It almost ended before it started. Everyone like that could have been it. And so it's so funny because my hand was so like, you know, when you have a really bad sunburn and itches and it's really tight. So I guess at the press conference, my mom was watching and she's like, it, she didn't know the story. And I told it to her and she's like, that's why you kept checking out your hand. She's like, like two times I saw you look down and she's like, yeah, Jenny, your nails are good. Stop it.
1: Oh man. I had to mute myself during that <laughs> story because I'm cracking up over here and cannot believe like. The high, right? The scramble, and then like the series of unfortunate events to lead to the crescendo of your like big day.
0: Right. And it was so funny because I used it as I was literally telling all the guys, I'm like, yo, I almost got taken out by a flaming manicure, like first female coach, like let's light it up, guys. And they were, they were dying. They're like, oh my God, Jen, you're a mess. And I was like, what, what am I going to say? Like, everybody thought it was going to be this epic failure. Female coach takes the field. I I could have been taken out before I even started y'all. I mean, who else gets their manicure? Like that could take me out. Like, I mean, if anything else would have been more perfect, right? First female coach taken out by flaming manicure. (laughs) I couldn't have scripted it better if I was trying. And I was like, wow, this is my real life. But I told the guys, I'm like, well, I mean, what what could be worse than that? They caught me on fire. I mean, I mean, I guess I could get fired, but I mean, I'm already I've already been caught on fire. Like, I mean, we're we're already there. And they were like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "What? If that's the worst thing that happens with the flaming manicure, then we're doing okay, guys." And I know you're all gonna hear it. And they would just they just they cracked up, and they're like, "Well, you're right. I mean, you know, it's got to get better from here." I'm like, "It's got to get better from here," and. Um, I think that was kind of, I, I, it definitely charmed some of the other coaches because, you know, here I am laughing at the, the ridiculousness that is number one. I mean, I'm worried about a manicure because it's important. It is important. And all the guys would always check my nails too. This is important. Look good, play good. It's a real thing. But the fact that like, you know, it went so epically wrong it, and, and that was like day one right? Like day one, flaming manicure. Then, oh my gosh, then we get to the, um, I get to the, to the clothes, right? You know, teens, we got a a box of gear. Well, before that, the equipment guy, um, he had never had to deal with a girl before. And I think, you know, he had been with the Cardinals for maybe before I was born, probably. Um, I still remember the first time he called me and he was like, what's your pant size? And I was like, well, what kind of pants are we talking about here? And he was like, it's a pant. And I was like, but see for girls, a pant is not a pant. And he was like, they're pants. And I was like, okay. So I kind of top ended the size cause you know, girls, we can fluctuate quite a bit. And you know, I didn't want these pants to be like. Phew. So I just thought I'd make them a little bigger, right? Well, when I got to the box of gear in my room, I put on these khaki pants, which they have gotten which first of all, I don't, I don't, I've never coached football in khaki pants. I, I, I don't know about coaching in khaki pants. I run around, I'm an athlete, but I go and I put these khaki pants on and they're so big that I could take them off without unbuttoning them. So Literally, if I would have dropped into a linebacker stance, it would have been an international incident. Okay. Cause they would have seen more than they were counting on. So then I had to call this guy and I'm like, hey, so these pants, I can't wear them. They're too big. And he was like, okay. And I was like, can I just get like the mesh shorts like the guys get? Can I just have the same stuff? Like, I really wouldn't coach in khaki pants anyway. And he goes, We don't have your size. Okay. I'm pretty sure that you're sponsored by Nike or something that you could probably get some pants, my size, but that's okay. You know, I didn't know any better. And I was like, that's fine. Just give me the size that the guys have. So I end up with these pants, these shorts that are like pants on me. I'm five two in case y'all didn't know. And the the shorts were so big that I had to like roll them up like three times so there's there's times when I look like I had a real big belly um and they'd be like down to my to my calves and our social team was so funny they're like your your big red shorts have like their own following like people are like what's up with coach Jen and her big red shorts so you know there were there were just the moments like that that I just I thought were funny oh and then you know in the box like I kind of assumed you had to wear all the stuff in the box, right? And so they had a hat, but the hat was like you know one of the flat ones on the back, like the golf hats, and you know it, it didn't have a ponytail holder. And so I was like, okay, well I'm gonna wear it. And, you know I got the stuff on, and I go out on the field and I run once in the big shorts and the hat, and you know the hat flies off, and I was like, screw this! And I just Took the hat and I threw it in a bag and I put my hair up in a ponytail and Bruce area looked at me and he starts laughing. And he goes, "Hat didn't last long coach. And I said, I need a ponytail coach. And he goes, we can fix that. And I said, like, he was like, so why'd you wear the hat? I said, I thought I had to wear the hat. He goes, you don't have to wear the hat, honey. Don't worry about that. And the next day I had like a hat with a ponytail holder in it. And it was just, It was so funny because those are the moments that like, I was like, okay, well, we can get through this. They're like, she's just, she does not care. And I was like, no, I do not care. We will be just fine. And the guys were, they were amazing, right? Like most people thought, you know, the biggest question was at that time that guys would not take coaching from a woman, right? That was the big question. Would guys in pro football take coaching from a woman? And it's so funny to me because I'm like, hey, newsflash, most guys have been coached by women their whole lives. Just not on the football field. But every time one of those guys would say like, coach, do you have a minute? My mom's a really big fan. Would you meet my mom? Yes. I would love to meet your mom right now. Well, coach, I know you're busy. You don't have to. And I'm like, there's actually nothing more important than meeting your mom. And I did it every time I was asked and It was, or it might've been mom, it might've been auntie, it might've been grandma, but it was that woman who was really significant in their lives. And I just remember every time I, you know, coach, I'm such a fan mama, don't you dare be a fan of mine. I am a fan of yours because your son is in a really difficult situation in what could really be tough on me. He makes it a joy every day because of the way you raised him. So don't you dare be a fan of mine. I'm a fan of yours. And every time I saw those women light up, you knew why the guys were the guys that they were. And, you know, it it was, it was so magical to me because I was like, this is the place that they're so worried that guys wouldn't respect women or wouldn't listen. And that was the furthest thing from the truth. Those guys just want to be better. And if you make them better, they'll listen. I think it was interesting to hear that same conversation go on in the media, which I tried really hard to stay out of. Um but I remember, you know, you get like friends would send you something and one of my friends was like Michael Strahan just stood up for you. And I was like What? Because of course I loved Stray as a as a player and had never met him, but you know, seemed like somebody you would just love and you hope that then they become that person. And I guess someone had said something and he was like, that woman played more football than a lot of the coaches that I had. I would have loved to play for her. And I was like, and you know, and that was kind of the the coolest part about. That experience is really being able to show um, just how awesome the guys were and how that fear that so many people had was so misplaced. And I don't think we give those guys and I'm sure you would agree because you've been there. I don't think we give them
1: enough credit in that in that respect. We are all busy professionals, right? That's why I'm always looking for the best products that are both convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. Mobot is a beautifully designed water bottle and foam roller in one. This company is female founded and led, which is huge for us at Leadership is Female and supports our core philosophy to elevate women. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp, and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of camp to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps so much with recovery and it feels good. Get yours at Mobot.com and use the code Leadership is Female to get 15% off. Support Lani, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must-have wellness product. Visit Mobot.com and use the code Leadership Is Female to get 15% off today. Yeah, I was going to ask you what it was like and how, how you were able to coach the guys and where did you find common ground, but it was so clear in the stories that you told that You showed them your real self and they liked you and they respected you and you have the football chops. You grew up playing, you play professionally, you've been on the field and you could coach them to be their best athlete. And and I
0: think, and I think one of the things that I tell everybody with that is that was part of the advice I got before going in right? Terry Glenn, who was with me with the revolution said the best advice I can give you is to be 100% authentic. He said, if you're the same person with them every day that you were here with us, they will absolutely love you. If you're fake in any way, they will eat you alive. And so I never tried to be anyone but me and being very consistent with them and investing in them personally and caring about them as people, right? Not just as performers, um, but bringing that whole self to the table and yes, laughing at myself often um, was what it was. And it, you know, I think too often I, I would hear the question all the time like, how did you command their respect? And I go, oh, command respect. You don't command respect, you earn respect. You earn it through trust and the development of a of relationship. And that means very human moments, right? And if you can, You know, like I I would always say like, yes, I always have a minute, right? Like, do you need a minute, right? Are you okay? Do you need a minute, right? Do you need to talk? Do you need this? And I think it was those minutes of investment in the personal relationships that make the football coaching part really easy, right? Like the amount of times it was kind of along the lines of coach, you got a minute. Yeah. What's up coach. My wife is so mad at me and I don't even know what I did. Great. I'm an expert in male to female translation. What did you do? Well, coach, I said this. Okay. She heard this coach. Why? I didn't say that though. Why? If I said this, did she hear this? Baby, I don't have time for all of that. I said you a minute. Okay. Do you want me to tell you how to fix it? Yes, coach. If you trust somebody enough to ask them about the most important thing in their lives, which is not football, newsflash—it's the relationships. It's the humans. If you trust somebody enough to bring them into that aspect of you, you think they're not going to listen when I'm like, "Hey, you got to, you, you got to, you know, hit the upfield shoulder. Like your angle was, you know, too sharp. He could have bootlegged outside. You block. Like that stuff's easy." when you compare it to the other, right? Like, oh yeah, we got you. Cause they know that you care about them and you're going to give them the best information possible. Doesn't mean it's gonna be perfect. Doesn't mean I'm always gonna be right, but you know what, if I'm wrong, I'll also
1: say I'm wrong. It's such good advice, just life, right? Like bring your authentic self, be you, ask the questions, make time for people, earn their trust. And I, I just, I love it. But I have to ask you, how did you get interested in football from the get-go? You know,
0: um, football is kind of a way of life in my hometown. Um, you know, and I I remember going um, and watching the high school football games, right? There's not, it's not a college town. It's not, it's not a pro town. It's a high school town. And I remember thinking that the players looked like real life superheroes. It did. Right. The pads and a helmet. And I just wanted to be one. And it was the first place in the world that somebody told me there was a difference between what girls could do and what boys could do. And it wasn't like it broke my heart forever, but it was always kind of, I would say like a whisper, right. Of like, you know, something about that game, right. Something about it being special. And when I went to college, I played rugby Um, I had never even seen rugby before, but I was like, this is the coolest sport in the world. I finally get to tackle. Um, I played rugby for all four years, got recruited to the under 23 national team. Um, at which point they realized I was only five, two. Um, so I did not make it. Um, and I was playing flag football on weekends and the general manager of a team called the mass mutiny called. And said, you know, do you have any girls playing flag who you think could play tackle? Now, full disclosure, they were probably like, oh, my gosh, please take her because I had never stopped tackling. They probably were like, get her out of here because it was so ingrained in me to tackle. But I went to an open tryout and, and made it. And that was it. For me, I promised that day that I would step up to every challenge the game put in my way. I had no idea what I was getting myself into in terms of how big that would be, but that was really the promise I made And because there wasn't, there wasn't a ceiling, right. There wasn't an end game or end goal. And it was just like, you know what I'm, I've been, i wanted to do this sport my whole life. So now I have an opportunity and I'm going to do everything and, ev- and anything I can to, you know, to be in this game
1: we talked a little bit about visibility and there's been a pretty big visibility moment for you recently became the first female head coach in madden 20 like talk about opening up the eyes of even another generation of football players video game players which might even be different from those people who are following football it's just, it's so incredible. And so what do you, what do you think that that means or that meant for the future of football?
0: You know, it was so cool. Um, I, I really have to give a lot of credit to Robin and Michael Young, who were the producer and director of, you know, of the story mode of Madden. We met, um, I, I originally got really interested in the video game space when I was approached by a company called Toya, who was an all-female dev team out of Israel. And they did Minecraft worlds based on powerful female role models. And they said, you know, half of gamers are girls. And yet there are very few games that have female protagonists. And that was what they wanted to change. And they asked if they could do a... Um, a series of Minecraft worlds called Coach Jen. And it was so cool, like the crazy blocks and like touchdown battle and like the Minecraft world running with the football and all this stuff. And it was the visibility conversation that they told me about gamers needing female role models in games that they could play and be the hero of their own story that I was like, well, this is brilliant because we can, you know, from a psychological perspective, visibility doesn't have to be IRL, right? It doesn't have to be in the actual space. It could be in a dream space. It could be in a story, it could be in a game, Um, but the socialization impact is the same. You're, You're showing that a coach could be a female, just like it could be a male, And you're showing that girls could be in football just like boys could, and so anybody playing that game, it it shows, you know, it changes how boys see girls, right? They see that a coach could be a female or male, and it becomes more normal. Girls see that they could be the hero of their own story. Coach could be a player. So you have the power in that virtual space, in that 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 esports space, to you know, create heroes that aren't bound by, you know, where we are society, right? Like, you know, think the the trajectory for a head coach in football, that may not happen for quite some time, a female head coach, right? In the NFL, let's be really honest. But seeing it in Madden gives all of those kids permission to see that possibility, right? To change the conversation of what a coach looks like, to give the girls permission to be the hero of the story and say, maybe I wanna be a head coach one day. And then they're more likely to do the things that will put them in a position to be qualified, just like the boys. And to me, it was it was such a, a cool journey and it was one that really unfolded naturally. Um, I was introduced to, to Michael and Robin um, because of the Minecraft worlds, right. They're like, Oh my gosh, you love Jen. And I, I was teaching, um, about how I teach zone coverages with slices of pizza and, you know, I mean, pizza works it's a little zone, you know, and then you attack the, the parts in between the slices, right. That's, that's the soft spot in the zone. And they had this moment where they just kind of looked at each other and they were like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And I'm like, what are you thinking? And they were like, Jen, there is a reporter in story mode who, you know, she, she really knows her football stuff. And she kind of pushes back on some of those stereotypes. They're like, you could play her, couldn't you? And I was like, Oh, you mean like talk football? Yeah, I got you. And they were like, that's it. That's her. And I was like, done. So they cast me that day as the reporter in story mode. Now they ended up hiring me to consult because Madden relative to other games um, doesn't do as well internationally and with women. So they brought me in the building to kind of, you know, have some of those conversations on how we could change things up. And I was like, well, duh, of course it's not gonna do as well with girls. They can't even see themselves in the game, right? Like they they don't have a place and so it was interesting because we then talked and, oh, when they did my rights deal, um, it's a name and likeness. And I was like, well, I crossed out my name and I was like, I'm not playing myself. So no, you can have the rights to use my image, but not my name. And I said, you're going to want it. And you're going to have to ask me for it. And the producer Robin was like, I hope you're right. And so we crossed it out. Right. So Then later we're talking and they're like, man, we feel like we did such a cool thing having you in the game, but we feel like we felt short a little bit because it's not you. And, you know, uh, we kind of missed the mark a little bit. And maybe a month later, I get a call from a different producer who's like, you know, coach Jen, we were looking at your rights agreement. And I see here, we don't have the right to use your name. And I said, oh, that's true. And she was like, but we have something else that I want to talk to you about. Um, can we, can we talk about it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And that's when they presented the idea of having me as the first female head coach in Madden, but they had to ask me first because I had not given them the right to use my name.
1: I love this story so much that they, we have a great idea. Why don't you be a reporter? You're like, I'm not a reporter, but okay. I got, I can talk, I got a personality, talk football, right. right? I can do it, but like I'm a coach and the, the, the path just like laid out in front of you as you continue to contribute and support the project. They got that like hair standing up on the back of their neck. Like this isn't right. Like this isn't the right fit. You need to be who you are. So smart of that play with your name. Oh. And so, and, and I'm
0: like, where is Waldo in that Madden, because I am both the reporter yeah. and the coach. So in the story mode of Madden, um, and I think it's 20 and 21, I am the reporter and then also in there as a coach. And it's, it's really funny too, when you look at like the coach stuff, because we get to do all the mocap. I mean, I'm a big kid and this is so fun. Like all the dots on your face and they capture your movements and all that, like the dots on the suit and I mean, it was super dope, right? Um, But they had captured all the reporter stuff. We never filmed anything for the coach stuff, but they have all the data from like my face. So if you look in KO mode where I'm the coach, all my players notice, they're like, coach, you're really tall because I'm like taller than the players because clearly they just like, almost stretched to gen skin over whoever the actor was that they had doing all the coach movement. So I'm like, and then people in real life will be like, I always thought you were really tall. And I swear it's because of Madden, because in Madden, either my team are the mighty midgets. Cause again, my five, two frame, like everybody's shorter than me, right? Like coaches here and the helmets are falling like here. So either I am, a giant or my team are like the fighting Chihuahuas, right? Like we are just the smallest team in the world. So the guys got a kicked out of that because they're like, Coach, like when'd you get so big? Uh,
1: how funny, because you're such a force and you give a voice to us. I'm five three, so like the fact that you are short girl like me, I yes. absolutely yes. love that. Um, but how funny that you're. You're a tall coach on the sidelines. I am a
0: giant in Madden.
1: (laughs) You're not even a tall coach. You're like seven feet tall because football players are gigantic. That's what I'm
0: saying. Like I'm really tall in Madden. And so people will meet me and they're like, I I pictured you being so much bigger. Yeah. (laughs) And I have to play Madden.
1: Yeah. That is, it's so amazing. And just like the visibility. I just, I say that word a million times, but like what you've brought to women in the game of football is just like, we all owe you a debt of gratitude, which I know you won't accept, but I'm going to say it anyway. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, you don't have to be pretty polished and perfect to achieve your dream. Number two, there's no glory in the first. You are the disruptor in chief. You are a champion to some and a villain to others. Be the first and not the last. Number three, be 100% authentic. Be the same person you are today. If you try to be someone else, they will eat you alive. Do not try to be anyone but you. And number four, you don't command respect, you earn respect. You earn it through trust and the development of relationship through very human moments. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedis and distributed by Anchor FM.